Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I am joined once again by Aliza from our Threat Intelligence and Interdiction team. Thanks for coming on, Aliza. We're going to talk about info stealers today. Hey, John. Thanks so much for having me again. So this is going to be one of our Malware 101 episodes. In the past, we've done these for things like cryptocurrency miners and ransomware. And today we're going to be talking about information stealers. Uh, I'm going to be linking to a one-page report that you put together. So this is the thing that you've been tracking for a little bit. Obviously, the name is kind of self-explanatory. But if you were talking to someone for the first time about what info stealers are, how would you kind of describe them? So the term InfoStealer very broadly defines a category of malware families that are designed to gather a wide range of data, such as financial information or credentials. Because there are so many out there, there is no one standard attack lifecycle. But we have typically observed InfoStealers being delivered through phishing messages and malicious advertisements. And then once they're established on the victim's machine, they set up an encrypted command and control connection say that five times fast, between the targeted device and an adversary-controlled server in order to exfiltrate the data. Over the past decade, InfoStealers have increasingly grown in popularity. This success is likely due to their low barrier of entry, meaning they are inexpensive and easy to use by technically inexperienced cybercriminals. They also have high success rates. Developers offer customer support, just like in a a normal business, to ensure cybercriminals are able to achieve their malicious goals. We ingest a lot of intelligence between our partners, the different telemetry sources that we have. So what are what have we kind of been able to learn from all of those sources? Are there any particular notable families that we're seeing that are like either unique or we're seeing more than others for one reason or another? So far this year, we have had CTIR engagements that involve three very popular interest dealers named Redline, Impacket, and Raccoon. But that doesn't necessarily represent the wide variety of info stealers out there. There are so many other ones worth mentioning that are very popular, have highly advanced features, and have been used in high-profile operations. For example, Agent Tesla or Formbook. It's hard to just list a few unique features because each type of info stealer has something a little bit different and unique about it. Um, For example, some of them are self-deleting to avoid detection. Once they're done collecting the information, they'll remove themselves from the victim's device. Others can deploy without any type of user interaction. Others can send data to the threat actor as it's being collected, rather than in a single lump at the end of the collection sequence to make sure that the adversary gets some kind of data, even if the connection is interrupted. So info stealers aren't necessarily as, I'll say, sexy as other types of malware like ransomware, which those are the ones that are making headlines all the time and are in the news. But it seems like it, that info stealers are, it can kind of be a precursor to many of these larger attacks, right? Like a ransomware group might use an info stealer to get some login tr- credentials that they use then for as part of a broader attack. Yep, exactly. So info stealers can be used on their own for data collection or used as part of a larger attack lifecycle to establish initial access, download secondary payloads, or facilitate lateral movement. Um, For example, an adversary could use an info stealer to access credentials, then use those credentials to access a more hardened target, such as administrative accounts 
or even be used in a completely separate operation against a more hardened network. Uh, info stealers could also be used to load additional malware, such as downloading files from specific links, running executable programs, and opening links via a browser. In one example, cyber actors used the Impacket info stealer to execute destructive malware, WhisperGate, against Ukrainian entities as part of a larger operation likely spurred by the Russia-Ukraine war. So you could see these info stealers, even if they're not the main focus of an attack, still play a very important role, highly visible in public attack life cycles. What's usually the end game for the actors who use these types of malware? Is it all about generating revenue for them? And you know, if they do want to make money off of these attacks, what are some of the methods they use other than hoping to be like a successful ransomware actor? Sure. Well, info stealers are often developed by and sold to financially motivated actors. Once a uh, threat actor actually uses it to collect your data, it can really be used for any purpose. Um, for example, it can be posted for sale on underground forums or stolen financial information could be directly used to make illegal purchases. And even though info stealers aren't strictly ransomware, the adversary could hold the collected data for ransom. Um, and also the collected data could be used to facilitate follow-on ransomware attacks. So there's um, a lot of different ways that these actors could be could use info stealers for revenue generation, even though it's not strictly a ransomware. So when it comes to detecting and preventing these threats, is there anything uh, that people should be keeping in mind? Obviously, if you're talking about like a specific malware family, you know, like for say Redline, you can just go to snort.org, plug in Redline and see what snort rules we have to detect that type of stuff. But what else should people be keeping in mind? Well, once an info stealer infects a system, they probably need to access other types of accounts or try to move laterally to other devices in order to collect whatever data the adversary is looking for. Therefore, containing the incident is really important. This could mean putting temporary restrictions on network connectivity or isolating secrets and preventing the attacker from acquiring further credentials. The problem here is detecting an info stealer because they each have different types of obfuscation capabilities, and some of them even hide in plain sight. Uh, for example, Impacket scripts are legitimate Python scripts that are actually commonly used in administrative or vulnerability scanning applications. So this really puts an added importance on prevention instead of detection. We highly recommend protecting passwords by enforcing multi-factor authentication, and we also recommend using a third-party password manager instead of storing passwords in browsers. Training employees to know what to look for is also very important because a lot of these info stealers use emails or phishing messages as the initial infection vector. For example, in some cases, info stealers require activated macros in order to infect a system, and they'll try to manipulate the victim into enabling macros so that they can deploy. This is just one example of how teaching employees different tactics that adversaries use could help prevent a possible network breach. And finally, routinely monitoring for vulnerabilities and outdated software is very important. Um, like I said, some info stealers can hide in plain sight. So it's important to understand your network environment to, in order to be able to detect abnormal activity. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you very much, Lisa, for your time uh, and research into this. I'm happy to have you on the show any other time to talk about anything else you're working on, though. Thank you so much, John. Happy to be here.